This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield with the Lynn Group, but more importantly with the Wealth Puzzle. And we got Tony Shore here. Tony, we missed you last week. I had Tana on here. We were doing the the Medicare rant, if there's something as exciting in life to rant about as <laughs> Medicare. Um, How did Tana do? Was she, she, was she exciting well, to be on the She's in town, yeah. you know, and I'm like, dude, you're here. Let's just do the show together. So she likes to do it on occasion. I might, you know, she she's posted up a lot in Texas. And uh, I'm thinking that maybe we just need to send her a microphone and, and get her sure. in on the action with we us. We can do that. Yeah, you we know, can bring do it. Some, bring some normalcy to the group. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of level out you and I a right, little bit. Help right, even, right. even that good. out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well she's great. I, I know. And I'm glad you guys did the show together. I, I missed you, Michael. But, uh, you know, I think right. Tana's great. If it's, it's right. Tana that's replacing me, I'm cool with that. You know, and I struggle with all this stuff. I, I've I, I've never in my life listened to podcasts, even though I have one mm-hmm. in a radio show. I used to listen to my radio show. I, I don't know if that's narcissistic or weird. I was doing it more from a criticism standpoint. Yeah, no, you always should. You yeah, always I wanted should to listen, listen to your own and be show like, to oh me. my gosh, I sound like a nutcase. Don't do that again. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because I've uh, uh, in the last couple months with the coronavirus, with the shutdown, I've been walking a lot more. I don't want to use all my data on my phone. So my wife showed me how to download podcasts. And so I started downloading economic podcasts and investing podcasts and all these different things. And it's funny because a lot of the shows I listen to are just mono people talking, just one person on there by themselves. And, you know, it's fine. I get the content. It's relevant. But I, I just kind of struggle with it. I like yeah, it's the, hard I like to the just interaction. Listen to somebody. Yeah, it's hard to listen to just some, one person ramble on. Well, yeah. and they might be more dynamic and interesting or have better stories or something. But, <laughs> but I think in this Quite situation, possibly. I need as much support yeah. as I can get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I do my own music podcast and it's just, you know, it's just me talking and playing music, but it's better if you can have somebody else Absolutely. with you. Yeah. Well, hey, today's show, we got a lot to talk about. Um, And I want to, you know, I'm, I've always tried to be a voice of reason, right? You know, the pandemic stinks, everything stinks, life stinks, everything's hard, scary, upsetting. It's amazing how you see the different experiences, though, state to state, right? You know, Right. Um, I mean, even the school thing going on, you know, California has just really announced that the kids aren't going back to school at all. But I talked to Tana in Texas. Her kids are going back five days a week. I talked to my sister in Utah. Their kids are going back five days a week. So it's pretty amazing just to watch all of the state stuff. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking about, you know, income taxes and tax liability in different states, things like that. I mean, there's so much to always consider around the world about how things are happening. So you know, interesting times, my friend, but I do try to be the general voice of reason because oftentimes things aren't as bad as the headlines, the mainstream media news implies. So, you know, I was kind of pulling some data points. I mean, last week, one of the data points I pulled that I thought was very interesting, I told everybody was year over year, retail sales had increased 1%. 
You know, you're like, wow, you know, I thought everyone was in the bunker, you know, hiding at home, scared to death to do anything. And maybe that's true, like 80%. And then the other, you know, 20% is they're hiding in the bunker on Amazon buying stuff. Yeah. Um, People are buying stuff. People are yep. getting money. A big component of why this has happened is this recovery has been completely different than the 2008 financial crisis. And that's because back in the good old days, the government shoved a bunch of money into the hands of banks. So I'm giving billions of dollars to banks. Now it's funny because I say billions. What number are we using now? We're up in the trillies, right? We're using trillions. I mean, it's right. amazing how in 10, 12 years, We've gone from billions to trillions. But in any case, in the good old days, they put all the money, all the quantitative easing, all the stimulus, whatever you want to call it, they put it in the hands of banks, and then banks were supposed to lend it out, and guess what? <laughs> they didn't lend a ton of it out. <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, something like 80 or 90% of the money that was put into the system at the bank level never left the bank level. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Things have certainly changed since then, my friend. What they, call, what they talk about is something called M1, M2 money supply. These are things that the federal government tracks, and a lot of it has to do with how much money is someone's bank account? How much money is in a money market? Do they have money in a mutual fund? What kind of cash reserves do people have? And so, but remember, when I talk about these money supplies, we're talking about in the hands of you, the listener. You know, is this money in your pocket or is it at the bank that you're trying to beg a loan from? And so... This experience, this recovery has been totally different because of this. What is What has the federal government done? They've given money directly to the people, right? They gave you stimulus checks. They ramped up the unemployment significantly. Obviously, that's changing as we speak, but they ramped it up significantly. They added an extra 600 bucks a week on top of whatever a state was paying. So in California, a lot of people were making with state plus feds about a thousand fifty a week. So, anyways, you know everything's falling, right? Economic data is horrible. Everything's horrible. But year over year, M two money supply. So this is money in people's pockets, has increased as of about a week ago, almost twenty five percent year over year. That's a that's a huge number, Tony. That's yeah. They put money in the hands of people, and what did the people do with it? They actually spent it. Oh my goodness. It creates economy. It creates economics. It makes the world go round. Doesn't mean that things aren't messy and horrific, but this is good. This is yeah. something. They're they're talking about throwing out another trilly here pretty quick that could include stimulus checks again. It'll include, you know, once again, enhanced unemployment, <clears throat> but not to the same level as it's been for the last few months. But still, money supply has increased at the hands of the end user, the people. Um, this is huge. I find this very material. It has kept retail sales up. It's kept some economy in place. We're this week, by the time you hear the recording of this show, the second quarter GDP will be released, right? You know, we had first quarter GDP contract 4.8%. Second quarter is predicted somewhere between negative 30 and negative 45%. That's huge. Any guessers, Tony, on what the worst one quarter GDP contraction as we've ever had? I would have no idea. Come on, Dan! Answer the question. <laughs> what is it? It's negative 10%. That's Ooh. the worst one time oh. we've ever had. It was in the 50s during the... It wasn't the Spanish flu. It was not the swine flu. 
Which flu was it? It's a negative 10. I can't remember which flu it was. Anyways, it was during a pandemic, worst one quarter GDP contraction we've ever had in the history of the country, negative 10%. We're about to put a negative 30, 40% or on, on the books. Yeah. I mean, talk about gold star horrible, right? You know, woo, yeah. you, win, you win the prize for the worst quarter in the history of the country, people. You Yikes. just lived through the worst quarter ever. I mean, it's incredible. Now, granted, it was manufactured by the government based on shutdowns. They're estimating at the moment, we'll see how it plays out, but they're estimating at the moment that third quarter GDP will be an increase of 17% because, you know, you just bump, bump started the car. Is that a reference anybody knows anymore? I don't bump know. Started? Uh, <laughs> bump started? I know what you mean. Stuff. You know, yeah. your old dirt bike, you, know, you got to bump start it. Yep. Whatever, you got to let the clutch out, get that thing in gear going. You still have so, to do that with vehicles, you know. Point it I'm, down a hill, right. pop the clutch. Everyone, it, you push. put it in first. I'm going to put it in first and pop the clutch and, yep. and pray it works. Otherwise, it, it grinds to a halt. <laughs> you got to try again. The, really um, good on the transmission, too, when you used to do hey, that. But nobody drives manual transmission cars anymore. I if you can do the modern vehicle if it's just all technology anyway. No, and it just you doesn't can't. work the same no, way. No, it doesn't work the same way. Well, it's a fun thought. I'm, I'm nostalgic to things we used to do. But in any case, the economy got a massive bump start, right? We stopped it. We turned it back on. Now, granted, there's some sputtering going on here in my car analogy, right? Because they're closing some things down and keeping some things open. And it's it's definitely quirky. It's definitely messy. Um, and we're going to have to see how it goes. But at least the consensus is there's some life being breathed into things. You know, it's an interesting uh, statistic that I saw. This is as of, remember, all data is always trailing as they finally get the reports on this stuff. So I'm pulling this from the First Trust Economic Center. But as of July 10th, so, you know, a couple few weeks ago, whenever that was, by the way, my birthday. I don't know if I should put that out on the air. I don't want to be flooded with presents every year. <laughs> was, was that no you could tell your that birthday was, on the air psychology. i mean you don't have to say the year just don't say the year that was reverse psychology what's the date july 10th so anyways as of july 10th it came out that almost seventy three thousand businesses have permanently closed in the united states wow Holy cow, Tony. That what a what a like just a, a gut-wrenching statistic. Like I'm blessed, right? I have a business, I am open. Um, I wouldn't say this is our thriving year by any means, but we at least have the resources to pay the bills and keep our employees and, and you know, take care of ourselves. But I you know, I hear this statistic, seventy three thousands, you know, and let's be fair, mainly small, medium sized businesses, um, are done because of this. And that's that's a tough pill to swallow because we don't know what the right answer was. We don't know if the shutdown was the right thing or not, because all statistical data that's coming out on this is like, you know, going through the the your fancy Vitamix blender here. It's just all garbage. You know, one report says it worked. One report says it doesn't. One report says you should do this. You have this whole spattering. I had I had a hard time picking a word for that. Um, you know, of data that doesn't really support one thing or another, but all we know is we've destroyed at least 73,000 families' lives based on them shutting down their businesses. It, it, it's very upsetting to me as a business owner. 
you know, because I, I live this, I, I live in, I mean, that's, what's funny as a business owner is there's always so much uncertainty. And when you have employees and rents and obligations, I mean, you live in fear of that stuff. I mean, I signed a lease for an office space and the lease doesn't say, Hey, if the government shuts you down, don't worry. You don't have to pay your rent anymore. It says, Hey, you're on the hook. Even if you go out of business for all of the rent due through your lease. I mean, you know, this is the kind of stuff that destroys lives. Pretty scary. Anyways. Yeah, very. But once again, going back to the positive themes here, there is good economics coming out that money supply helped retail sales. You want to see something crazy, Tony? Look at just home sales in June. Existing home sales up over 21%, excuse me, over 20% in June. I mean, people are buying houses like, like, you know, they're made out of, I don't know, your favorite flavor of jello, you know, and you got to go eat the house. Um, new home sales up 14% in June. People are buying houses. To me, this was a, an amazing thing to watch because uniquely what you thought was happening was, oh, it's a pandemic. People are losing their jobs. Everybody's freaked out. You're paralyzed. Who would make a big financial decision? Well, it turns out everybody, right? Everybody's out buying houses. And almost the opposite has happened is people have instantly seen the massive value of a home, right? Hey, I'm trapped in my home. I have to homeschool my kids in my home. I have to work out at my home. Everything happens in my home. Therefore, I need a better home. And just that attitude right. has led to an explosion in home sales. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah it I mean, is. It's incredible. So, you know, there's a lot of activity on that front. There's a lot of activity in the retail sales. There's a lot of activity in the government putting hands in the money of the people, excuse me, in the pockets of the people, the money in the pockets of the people, and the people are spending it. Um, that could be a little scary from the concept of inflation, right? That can create inflation. So that's always a little stinger of sorts. But still, big picture, very interesting. You then decide to get on a little boat and go in the old ocean overseas just last Friday, you know, China's industrial profits for June soared almost 12% year on year. That's huge. Now, granted, you know, I don't know. Every other headline says China lies about everything. So we'll see if that's true. But it's very cool to see that their industrial profits, their production is up quite a bit. The Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company was up nearly 10% just because they're making a lot of semiconductors. Well, once again, that's used in manufacturing. That's used to make things. That's technology. These things are coming back to life in other parts of the world. To it's me, true. those are huge positives. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's crazy times, my friend. You know, there's so much information out there. Yeah, how do you digest it? You then look at something kookier. You, you ever seen the, you, you watch the price of gold or silver? They're hitting like 10-year highs right now. Gold's almost at 2000 again. And silver, of all funny things, is at like 25 bucks an ounce. Now, to be fair, silver should be like way more expensive, but it's not. And it normally has a useful per ounce price of, I don't know, like 16, 17 bucks. It's been trapped in this trading range for years. All of a sudden, those things are skyrocketing up big time. And that's funny to me because normally gold and silver are used as a hedge, right? You buy those things if you're worried about the collapse of society. Oh, I need my gold and silver bars. That way, you know, if I got a barter for a loaf of bread, I got something. Well, it's funny because normally when economics are positive, normally when stock markets are going up, 
is when those things don't do well, we now have these things coinciding, right? The stock market in general has gone up a lot. Uh, economics, as I'm sitting here attesting, are improving quite a bit. Yet gold and silver are hitting these new highs. And so I think what that speaks to, Tony, there's a massive amount of uncertainty out there. As many people that are happy with the information, there is many people freaked out about it. Yeah, and it's it's going to take true. a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to take a vaccine, you know, which is you know kind of a teaser point in the news, um, to really quell down some attitudes, you know, until they can get a good vaccine that works, and you know get a couple hundred million doses out into the you know local geography. There's probably We're still going to be a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, we're going to continue to struggle with this for a while. That's obvious. Uh, But you want to make sure, and I know you each show, each episode that we do every week, try to bring, you know, look at reality of the reality of the numbers and the reality of of the death toll. And is the death toll, you know, because a lot of times I'll see a news report and it says, you know, cases grew exponentially in this one town and overall this many people are dead. But they don't say, is the death rate going down? You know, is well, right. are fewer people dying or more or are more people dying? So you really have to look at where the numbers are coming from and try to get all the data. And I know you try to do that for us. Well, and that's what's frustrating. You bring up such good points because the headlines act like, you know, we're falling off the cliff when the reality is since April, the daily death rate is half of what it was. It's gone down significantly um, even in the last few weeks. The excuse me, let me look at dates here from at least from July 1st. So the better part of a month, more or less daily cases in the U.S. have plateaued. Now you get one spike here, but as many days as you get a spike up, you also get a spike down. So I just look at the average, but the bell curve is it's flattening out. It's not just exponentially growing as it was in June. I think that, you know, these are all positive things that people forget to notice, but that's okay. That's what I'm here for. The, um, you know, and as we were talking about last week and the week before, as much as you get past all of this economic data, the coronavirus, all of these, you know, issues that we have in the U S we still have an election year. I mean, there's so much going on. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Election year is really freaking me out too. Well, and, and, and election year is, is crazy enough without any by of it's, the rest by of itself. Yeah. yeah. By itself, it's always, it's kind of, it's become a negative thing yeah. and it's become a, a, a point of contention for so many people and it puts people on edge. So you've got the economy to worry about, but there are some things looking up, as you've mentioned, you've got COVID-19. It, are we going to have a, at least a vaccine, which doesn't eliminate it or cure it, but that'll help reduce the, the rates. Right. And you have some some places where the number of cases are going up, but is it just more testing? So there's so much going on to be concerned about and that people are worried about. Uh, you know, you have to have a plan in place for your finances. And I know that's how you help people deal with it. That way they don't have to worry about that. Right. And now is the time, though, to reevaluate where you're at because of everything that's going on, right? Well, and you, you, you nailed it. I mean, People get complacent, right? It is easy to be complacent when everything is humming along awesome. When the stock market is going straight up, you know, it's easy to say, oh, it's okay. I'll just keep riding it out. I mean, I can remember this one person years ago. This was uh, 2018, January 2018. I'm finally getting rusty on things in my old age here after having a birthday. 
Um, January 2018, it must have been somewhere around January 20th, I had a meeting with somebody. And I just, this was very memorable because what we had done is we had met, we've met a number of times. We were talking through a retirement income plan. We had the red money, the growth in the portfolio allocated, at least on paper. I had the green money using an annuity to generate income for another thing we were doing. And I remember the comment being, you know what, honestly, totally like it, makes total sense, but I'd rather kind of wait and see where the top is in the market before I you know, commit to the green money of your plan. The funny thing was, Tony, the top of the market was three days later, you know, three days later on like January 23rd, 2018, the market imploded for, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, went down straight down. You can look at the charts into February, like 10%. And then, you know, really more or less, um, 2018 was then a, just a very unpleasant year for most. Yeah. And it was funny because I, you know, I always think of that person when I think about complacency because oh, you know what? It's that FOMO, the fear of missing out, right? The thing, the market's yep. been going up a lot. You, what you say makes sense, but I just don't want to give up the fun, man. It's too soon to give up the fun. Um, And well, it turns out it actually was perfect timing accidentally. And I didn't know that. They didn't know that. Um, But it was a huge lesson learned because I remember when they came back in after all of that, uh, they, they came back in in a much more, we'll say, humbled stance of, so what do we need to do to make sure my retirement is intact, <laughs> you know? Yeah, really. You know, so it's just what it is. So if you don't have a retirement plan or you do and you need to revise it, but honestly, I would say suspiciously, a lot of people listening to this don't have one. The reason I would say that is, heck, Transamerica Research Institute puts it out every year that like less than 12% of people that are retired or retiring have any kind of written retirement plan. Everybody owns stuff. You know, someone sold you an annuity. Someone sold you some investments. You got a mutual fund. You got some money in the bank. Everybody has stuff. The problem is if you're not a mechanic and there's a pile of parts in front of you to a car with just a sign that says, please build the car and you have no roadmap, no instructions, that's a little bizarroville, right? You know, that's going to be a tough one to figure out. My job is to give you the instructions, to give you the written guidelines of, look, here are the things that you have. Here are the pieces of your puzzle. Here's how we're going to distribute the money. Here's the tax liabilities. Here's how you do it efficiently. Here's how you don't get hosed by inflation, um, you know, and all the risks that are out there. So give me a call. 805-500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. You can visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. But I've probably uh, I've probably done enough here, Tony. So you've I'm done gonna, enough. I, I, I've got about I got about thirty more things to go through, but maybe we'll uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll save it for next time. Save it for next week. Uh, <laughs> great show today. It, it is fascinating to really unpack some of this, and I know you have a lot more to go over. I'm sure our listeners have a lot of questions, and they can call you. There's no cost or obligation uh, to have an online meeting or a safe in person meeting. Uh, you know, following all the guidelines. I know you've been meeting with clients and with our listeners out there. So that's really important. One more time with the phone number and web address on how to get a hold of you. Yeah, Tony, that's 805-500-7035. Or visit our website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. But uh, otherwise, we'll be back same time, same place next week. Appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group LLC. The Lynn Group LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group LLC the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.